The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat, and let me stop that before something happens. And you can find me at uh, Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Twitter. You can find me at CB uh, at um. Excuse me, you can find me at News Does Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, who's, I, I have another soundbite I need to, to, to get for. Um, one, Agent Underscore is 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. You know, celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop and the recent unveiling of the Beastie Boys Square in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Oh, nice. I did not know that. The corner of Rivington and... Oh, my goodness. Uh, Now I'm going to... Now I'm annoyed. It's the corner of Rivington and... Oh, my God. What is that street? I know. I walk down it all the time. So silly. Anyway, moving on. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. So we started a little late uh, tonight, so we're going to try to breeze through some things. Uh, but we're going to start off with uh, a spoiler-free um, kind of discussion slash recap of Star Wars Ahsoka Episode 5, which was called Shadow Warrior. Ludlow Street, Ludlow Street in Rivington. I'm an idiot. Sorry about that, folks. Huh? Okay. So... Yes. Uh, episode five, Ahsoka. Yes, episode five of Ahsoka. So we are in. We're in the place between places, the world between worlds. If you do not know what that means, guess what? Dave Filoni does not care. You need to go back and check out Clone Wars and Rebels. This is true. This is true. Which should anyway, because they're good. They're really good. Right. Um, and we get, I was about to say, I'll, I'll hand, I was about to hand it off to you by saying we pick up right where we left off with the reappearance of one, 
looking for the right sound effect. I find your lack of faith disturbing. But before he got the voice box. <laughs> uh, that was not the one I would have gone with, but I appreciate that. <laughs> there we go. That's the one I would have gone with. <laughs> But also, as we as as uh, as this episode may or may not have intimated before that, but yes, so uh, we all in the world between worlds and a reunion uh, between uh, Master and Padawan uh, happens, and like I said, not to get into too much thing, too much there's there's a, a walk down memory lane though that you kind of have to check out for yourself, uh, and unfortunately, uh, if you're like me, uh, uh, Wednesday morning gets spoiled about a little tidbit, which. Is and is not a spoiler. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of a a spoiler about a who and a and, and a when and not you know uh, right. not much else, but still a spoiler nonetheless. Right. There's also the first real uh, the first live action depiction of a of a of a character in a certain era, uh, a certain uh, trooper, as it were. So that's another kind of you know mild spoilery thing that I won't spoil for you. If you like Roddy Cat, were unable to watch it right away, and uh, you still have been unable to watch it uh, two days later, so uh, we choose not to spoil it. Give everyone some time to watch. Bottom line, though, is uh, we get some kind of fun answers. We get some great interactions between. Um, uh, Appa from uh, Kim's Convenience <laughs> and uh, General Sindula. Uh, we get some great shots of Hera walking. Uh, we get some uh, some reveals as to uh, Jason Sindula's possible strengths. Which we figured. Come on. Is that, that, right. I feel like we that get some hits in this one yeah. more so than we have before. Right. Which, yeah. Right. It was, I'm it was no, so no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that against you, but I'm just saying, I was like, you, you kind of could figure it was going to happen, right? Exactly. We knew it was coming. It's right. just a matter of when they showed it. Right. All we've gotten up until this point is, I wanted me a Jedi. But anyway, um, well, with, well, well, I guess technically that and what we got at the end of the last episode, which was like the the whole I got a bad feeling line. Yeah, yeah, but you know. We also get that from 3PO, so sometimes I mean, it doesn't come from a Force user. This you is know? also true. Yeah, this is also true. <laughs> I mean, we got it from but Han also any, that was started it off, so yeah, you're right. Right, 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 right. So in any, <laughs> in any event, I will say, and I'll hand it off to Roger for his thoughts, that, um, uh, you know, I, re- you know I, I just want, I, I was just doing a little bit of scattershot, you know, some of my favorite kind of recollections of the episode because I did have a lot of fun watching this. I skimmed it again uh, this afternoon while I was eating my lunch. So uh, it's a little bit fresh in my mind. Um, What else did I enjoy? Oh, um, some prequel lightsaber style battling with some twirling. The twirling. I was just like, ooh, the twirling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's about as close as you're going to get to that era of, you know, of that time, that era, and, you know, in live action. Right, right. I was like, ooh, twirling, that's so cool. You know, it's like one of the only highlights of the prequels for me. Anyway, all right, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat. 
Agreed. Well, I'm not going to say too much more of it because, yeah, so, because um, like I said, we want to keep it nice and spoiler free for folks. I, I can definitely say that I enjoyed uh, the walk down, down uh, memory lane um, uh, as, as well, including that part Agent 70 uh, mentioned. Uh, there, you know, this, this part of Star Wars for some can go one way or the other because now granted it's not metachlorians which everybody's thankful it's not so it's, it's it can be safely said better way better than that but also kind of goes in a direction that seems a little some would argue could possibly you know less star wars or not you know that is debatable upon upon person to person you know i think yes probably slightly stretches a little bit but definitely well within i, I will say Way better than midichlorians. If you when, once you hold it up against midichlorians, it's it's way 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 better. So that being said, um, outside of, of that, um, it, it was a, it was a good reunion. You know, you some there was speculation between uh, as of last week as to things that would happen with that or who or the the how that was going to play out or in, in a way which it uh, you know that um kind of was i would argue um squared away i would say like i said i'm trying to try not to uh, get spoilery but also one thing i thought was going to happen did not happen so uh but something after that happened uh, but that after that not happened uh the let's just say the callback to the end of rebels was a, was a pretty nice touch um but also um, I, I for one quick second I thought there was going to be a repeat of the end of uh the the last episode with uh with what happens at the end, but uh, luckily there was some fair warning happened even though it 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 was pointless. <laughs> the warning came pointless. Let's just say uh, it just mm-hmm. may may remember what I'm talking about. And I thought about um kind of going back and watching it again because actually I still might because it was a I thought it was a pretty good episode. You know, yeah, uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, top it's really one of the better Star Wars things that we've gotten in the last, you know, you know, you know like we'll, we'll we'll consider like Andor as like a as a single thing, right? Like as a series, that's mm-hmm. probably like the best Star Wars thing we've gotten in recent memory. But this is up there. Yeah, I would say this this as in and not to use this word like this, but core quote unquote Star Wars because let's face it, some would argue um, Andor was kind of a little offsides but i would still agree with you about what you said about right. what you say about that because yeah it is it's definitely up there and right i, think, I can go, well, ahead. go ahead that's your point oh i was about to say this is probably up there in what most people who are familiar with the clone wars slash uh rebels era would would probably think and probably want to get to because i know people are kind of like okay where's the show going type situation and i think this kind of right. gets them to that point where it's like oh, okay here we go Right, and it has lightsabers. Yes. Right, and yeah. if you have lightsabers, you know you're going to appeal <laughs> to and ease a vast swath of Star Wars fandom. Right. You know, Andor is obviously far more tangential because it involves like a, a sliver of the rebel effort. You know, it's more street level. Uh, so, well, not even more street, but you know, it just involves a sliver of it. You know, and a non-Jedi at that. I wouldn't even say street, but definitely non-Jedi, right? 
So, uh, bottom line, though, uh, this was very much uh, enjoyable. Uh, I, I can only imagine what this would have looked like on a movie screen. Well, some people... Right, I understand why this is the episode they chose to put to present in that fashion. Right, yeah, it would have been it would have been nice to to have seen that for for certain. Um, maybe they'll do one of those things where they do the whole um, they they do the whole thing on in movie theaters because that'd be what a good what seven eight seven and a half eight hours or something like that. I don't know. Actually, probably mm-hmm. one probably maybe that because I mean those some of those episodes are not that long, so or haven't been that long so far, so. But that being said, though, um, yeah, there's really not much else to, to say about it as far as I'm, uh, I'm concerned. If you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, I hope you get a chance to, you know, when you when you uh, when you get to, because some would say the yes, the last issue, last episode was the turning the corner of it. I think this is probably definitely cements that this is that turning of the corner. The last, the last, uh, the. Um, part of the arc i guess oh going to the the, the if, if if this was one of those if this was like uh andor and had like separated arcs this would definitely be the start of the next one mm-hmm. so and with that um <clears throat> i yeah 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 okay uh, got my alpha five going on for some strange reason um i'm going to very quickly um talk about um the first two episodes of um, Star Wars Lower Decks uh, season four, which I won't say very much because there's another episode to, uh, that that dropped today. Now that I think about it, I haven't had a chance to see that one. Um, but I will only say so much as um, I'm not even. I want to say if you're a fan of Voyager, you'll probably like the first one. But the, the name in itself is kind of a reference to both Voyager and uh, a particular episode uh, of some questionable note, let's just say. Uh, and the second one has, um, has, um, to do with, uh, um, a, a creature that is, uh, seemingly taking the fandom by storm, or especially the, the, I guess the lower decks fandom, um, uh, as much as the, the star Trek fandom, more of a lower decks thing than, than star Trek as a whole though. But yeah, um, if you've seen the the uh, or once you see this out in audio and video form, the, the, you'll and you see the um, episode title, and you've seen said episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and that's all I'll say about that because I don't want to get too too much about uh, uh, too much away about it. Uh, so and also we need to actually swiftly move on into the books, which we are going to do right now. Uh, starting off with Avengers Inc. Number one. All right, first up this week is Avengers Inc. number one, which is written by Al Ewing with art by Leonard Leonard Kirk, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. This book, I think, is very, very well written. (laughs) Al Ewing does an incredible job of diving into Janet Van Dyne. And I did not read the most recent Wasp miniseries. I know Roddy Cat did, so I will leave the bulk of the commentary on this issue to him. But I will say that the premise here is interesting. There are twists in this. And if you've been listening to the show, 
you know that this was solicited and publicized as a book about solving mysteries where this would be Avengers kind of like Mystery Incorporated, you know, like they're solving they're solving crimes Mm -hmm. and uh, what's being solved in the first issue is an interesting crime, which turns into something that actually didn't happen. And then we get at the end of the issue an interesting twist as to who very well might be behind the whole thing. And I'll hand it to Roddy Gat. Yeah, that's, I feel like that kind of sums up the majority of it. Um, but yeah, the only thing I can add is that, yeah, if you've read the um, Wasp miniseries that was also written by uh, Al Ewing, at the very end of it, sets up uh, Avengers uh, Inc. in this way. Because I wasn't really sure coming out of that. We knew something was coming, but wasn't really sure until we got the news that this was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, of what's going to happen with it, and sure enough, his was. A, and I am ple- pleasantly, um, uh, not pleasantly surprised, but I'm I'm happy uh, that this book is out there because one, it's Al Ewing, because we and we I, I think it's safe to say that we genuinely uh, enjoy his his stuff. Uh, yes. Here, um, there I don't think there's really been, yeah, there's not really been too much bad stuff in it because like so you remember him a certain way, and then. Uh, immortal Hulk kind of changed the game for him in certain in, right. in certain eyes, right? Right, because at the end of the day, if you recall, we remember reading Al Ewing. Wasn't he doing like some like secondary Avenger stuff? U.S. Avengers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And you know, we read that here. I read that here and there. I think Roddy Cat read more of it. Yes, and I think some the rest of the panel read more of it also. But I was the first one on Immortal and dragged everyone else onto it. So, because um, I, I picked up Immortal Hulk and I was astounded by it, and I remember saying, "You have to read this. You have to read this." And everyone shortly after, thereafter came on board. Yeah. So it was, you know, uh, uh, a definitely good read, and you get to see another side, another side of Al Ewing storytelling, uh, uh, chops his abilities because he's telling a very different tale here using some characters who are both familiar and out of left field. Right. So just, uh, just a couple of points in this, uh, I guess I will mention that. Yeah. So like I said, coming out of the waspers, get getting to here, we pretty much get to see how, um, Avengers Inc. comes, comes about, which, uh, includes, uh, a, um, a, a, a speech from the mayor, uh, and, and a lot of, uh, uh, thoughts and uh, soul searching with uh, with one Janet Van Dyne, um, and yeah, as age, uh, as Agent Seventy said, um, the the twist of uh, that happens near well in the middle, going to, towards the end, uh, is another mystery that is definitely going to be a, a thing that's happening. This is going to be an, an ongoing thing because I'm very, very, very curious to see how and why this is happening, why what happened happening is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, well, I didn't see that one coming, but also I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. Um, there's, I will say, um, a reference to, what was it, a 90s, like a early 90s, late 80s era um, villain, Captain America villain, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that that, that um I didn't I, I forgot that it was an organization because there it were ended multiple up being, Yeah. Right. It was like a it was a it was the definitely a red herring. Right. Yeah, because it, yeah, because when that whole thing started it was like it was like well it just seemed like it's one person until that revelation came out and it's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> right. But yeah, and we kind of find out it was like, well, because there is apparently current uh, ban on on costume villains, uh, costume superheroes, excuse me, why things have to happen the way they are, and why a, a certain group is not in play during this case. So I was like, all right, all of that makes sense and lines up. So here we go. We hit the ground running. It is a very strange time in the Marvel universe. Yeah. It is. It's a very strange time because there is, there is, you know, like we're in the wake of the Hellfire Gala, and there, you know, it's just a very strange time. You know, trying to figure out where everyone is, what everyone's up to, um, and how everything fits together, right? Because everything's just, you know, been thrown into a bit of chaos, right? And and this particular thing that that we were kind of referencing. While it has nothing to do with what Age of Seventy is saying, because yeah, he's right. Because it's like it's a couple of different things going on in the universe at large, and it's like while the X Men kind of has been its own corner, the the events of the Hellfire kind of you know kind of wafted, right. yeah, they were kind of really wafted over the whole right. the rest of the the, the area. So, but exactly. this one thing and, here, and, and there was always right. And I was going to say, just to hold that thought. There were the the, the costumed hero ban in uh, the city was something else. Right. And it's been you going know? on since what? Since um, Outlawed, right? Or before that? I can't right. remember. Or something like that. Yeah. So it's been, you know, like that, that was going on kind of on and off in the background, depending mm-hmm. on which books you were reading right. for a while. And obviously, you know, the Avengers were dealing with multiversal Avenger stuff. So we didn't really get to see that there. But now that all that is done and, you know, the Avengers, the current Avengers team is off doing whatever it is they're doing. And then in New York anyway. Right. Exactly. They're not based out of New York. So it's a little different right now. Mm hmm. So, yeah. So this this book is positioned in a way it was like, OK, this this is going to work. The um, this is going to work out well within the current climate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, if, I was about to say it fits in to a slot. It yes. doesn't stick out. It actually fits into a slot that is, you know, in the uh, that is in play, which is you know a group of Avengers in New York City, right? And not to be confused with Dan Slot, because you knew that was out there somewhere. So, just had to say it. Mm. And we're going to move on to the next book really quickly with right. um, Astonishing Iceman number two. All right. Astonishing Iceman number two is written by Steve Orlando with art by Vincenzo Caratu, colors by Hava Tartaglia, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. This is another chapter in the Fall of X uh, series, uh, uh, a group of books that is, and we're following the adventures of Iceman because uh, he's been chosen as a high value target, and he has notoriously been de- uh, thought to be dead, and now he is not, for reasons that are still kind of hard to figure out. But at right. the end of the day. <laughs> 
<laughs> at the end, I was going to hand it off to you with that. At the end of the day, he's back, and Orcus is looking to take him out, and they are arranging. They are arranging their own idea of um, Suicide Squad slash versions of Kryptonite for Iceman. And right now, they're not working, and they're up to their next agent for the next issue. Right. Yeah, going yeah, going back to the the the. The questionable nature of uh, Iceman still being about well explained in this book, but still leaves many, many questions. Right. Uh, and also, it was like, okay, so something's going to happen with that at some point. Um, and if the end of this book may or may not be in the indication that that time may be coming relatively soon, we don't know. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so we're, we're led to be believed. It's like, all right, we just got to deal with it the, the way it is at this particular moment. But guess what? This thing is right here up in the air. Right. Um, somehow, some way. It's, in, in one way, you kind of want to say comics, because that's pretty much, if you hear the explanation of how he's back, it pretty much is that. Given exactly. the current climate. And even that may or may not wash first for some folks because <laughs> it's kind of bonkers in a way um but again, i mean i kind of understand it yes. because they do they do kind of break down you know over the course of an entire issue mm-hmm. what could be the possible reason for his you know uh ability to recover from orcus's you know attempted assassination of him so right, right. you know it's, it's there yeah, Wait, do and we that know? pretty much sums it up. That pretty much sums it up. Just like it's there, whether it makes any sense or not. Eh, but yeah. it's there. Uh, Astonishing say? Iceman number two. Oh, it doesn't say how many issues is it going to be. So I would look for that earlier, and I have not seen anything. Well, I feel like the initial. The, once again, it feels like the initial um, our initial news article on this said it was a uh, limited edition, uh, limited series. But I don't think that's the case. All I've seen so far is it's saying solo solo series so this could very well be an ongoing that's that'll push off when it pushes off you know because mm-hmm. yeah i looked i looked for that exact same thing because i was like wait isn't this supposed to be a limited series but they're not um i have seen nothing that suggests any of the usual places uh to that exp- uh to that effect so if it happens in about five or six then i guess we'll we'll, we'll then then that'll be the case but if it won't then i guess iceman's got a book now Again, I mean, it's Again. Not like he hasn't had one. Yeah, he's had one that uh, went a while. Well, I think it only went eight, twelve uh, issues. Now that I think about it, but either way, hey, I'm still waiting for that Nightcrawler book, that Nightcrawler Spidey book. So that, I, I should, I think that's supposed to be upon us fairly soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's astonishing. Iceman number two. We're, things going on. <laughs> Uh, and with that, folks, we're going to go into uh, the rapid fires. All righty. We're going into rapid fire reviews. Allow me to spin that up. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. First up for me is Green Lantern number three. It's written by Jeremy Adams with art by Hermonico, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters by Dave Sharp. I do not remember what happened in Green Lantern number two. Do you know why? It's because DZ decided to go on a hiatus and do this night terror thing for a little while. <laughs> so, yeah. 
when I was reading this issue, I was like, where did we leave off on this? I don't have time to go back to number two in, you know, in our review copy archives. And I'm like, what's going on? Okay, fine. Okay, so it, it's Green Lanterns, so there's going to be an appearance by a purple-skinned dude at some point, and that purple-skinned dude, purple dude does, you know, appear in this issue. I'll leave it at that. There is so, something different about Hal's ring uh, that he's trying to kind of figure out at the beginning of this issue. Uh, it's not like the standard GL rings that have been issued in the recent past. So, you know, that could be another aspect of this story. The so backup you, story so, is... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'd say the backup story is um, a bit of a... Back to the future, go back to the past, change the future type or multiversal type thing with John Stewart. And that you know, that I'm 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 not spoiling anything here because I think Roddy Cat wants to go and catch up. So Well, I know it's gonna be a setup for for a book that's happening next week. So um, All right. definitely know that. I was gonna ask you about so I know what, how's back on Earth? That, as much as I know about this book, how's back on Earth? Um the 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 lanterns are the Earth is like a no-fly zone for them, or something, or, or, or I don't know. There's a whole I lot don't that happens. Remember? Do you know why? Because of Night Terrors putting a hiatus on every book, so I don't know what happened <laughs> right. in the last issue. That was months ago, right? But that's kind of what little I remember from from, from what I've read about this book. Because I need to catch up with this book anyway, so um, when I need, but you know, I kind of want to anyway. All right, carry on with your next. All book. right, next up, Daredevil number one is written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Aaron Cooter. Colors by Jesus Abertov and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Saladin Ahmed picks up right where the last run ended and does an exceptional job of establishing a new status quo by putting Matthew Murdoch into a job that he probably always considered to be like a back burner type thing. He may have had people say, "You, oh, you could be, you know, you, you could, you could take this position. You'd be able to do it." But to actually see it happen, and I talked about this when we talked about when I talked about the the last issue of the previous Zdarsky run on Daredevil, right? Ultimately, to see it actually play out, and to see how we got here, and how. You know, several things still remain in place, like Electra being the current Daredevil. You know, how all that is being developed and, and, and how that is going to be carried forward. This, you know, it, it played out so well. I really like that uh, this story is being told by, let's face it, a non-Catholic. It's Saladin Ahmed. And to see his interpretation of how this might play out is going to be interesting to read. So, um, I really enjoyed Daredevil number one. Great stuff. Aaron Cooter's art was, you know, really, really solid. So, uh, I'm definitely keeping Daredevil number one as a potential click as well as Avengers Inc. number one. Uh, finally, for me, is X-Force number 44. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Robert Gill. Colors by Guru EFX and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. Domino is on the warpath and she is trying to rescue X-Force because 
uh, the trap that Mikhail Rasputin had laid out uh, for the X people, he finally sprung on them just as the Hellfire Gala stuff was going on. So all of this stuff is kind of happening off to the side of the Hellfire Gala stuff. But ultimately, we have, uh, you know, a cliffhanger at the end of this issue, we're going to see what happens to Colossus because he's been a pawn for so long and to see, uh, uh, Percy's game when it came to what to do with Colossus, wait all the way until hellfire gala. You know, I, I understand why he made himself wait in order to spring that as like a, not a self-contained or a side story or even a side quest as it were for the X-Men. But, you know, a nice little uh, uh, story for this group of X people off to the side as the rest of uh, Fall of X happens, you know, with the main group that's, uh, you know, working with Tony Stark and, and whatnot. So and that's it for me. You said Domino was on the warpath. I was like, wait, I didn't know they were an item. No, no, I think Warpath may or may not be dead, you know, amongst the uh, the people who are dead. So damn, we'll see. Always, or may always, or may not be dead, you know? I was about to say, damn, always trying to kill a proud star. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For myself, um, start off with, which I, I probably shouldn't have this here, but I, I'm going to do it anyway. And there's a reason for that. Uh, cat fight number three of six. Um, and the reason why is because, well, we got a copy of the book and it was kind of not, it was not a complete copy, uh, due to no, you know, no, uh, no fault of our own. Uh, so I only got to read, but so much, but, uh, is written by Andrew Wheeler art by Elias, uh, Kiriazis. I apologize. Uh, Kiriazis. I apologize if I messed that up. Hold on. Let me scroll. Let me scroll down to see if I can help with the Greek name. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Kriatsis. Sure. Uh, inks by August. August. Colors by Dennis Yatras. And letters by Hassan Atmane Elaw. So, Felix, which, by the way, if I hadn't mentioned before, funny name for a cat burglar. If, if some of you have a certain vintage, you might get the connection there. <laughs> Um, Felix is still on the run after being framed for his grandma's mom, grandma's mother. Uh, he's up against his fight against this dude named Ginger Tom. And that fight ends up spilling over into apparently something. Um, well, the fight ends up getting interrupted by, um, uh, something during the fight beginning, uh, the, uh, getting, um, um, getting found let's just say uh and that's pretty much the most that i've read of it because for a review review copy but um the whole hey cat burglar john wick type situation is in a way still kind of in effect here um there's also um someone that's been trying to get uh get uh felix to work for them which may or may not be um which is probably connected to the the attempted uh well the the, the framing and, and whatnot but uh, we shall see uh, again this is the third issue of six so I assume we're going to turn the corner and find out more about what's uh what's behind everything or whether we actually get to uh whatever this supposed heist was or not we will see 
Um, next up, though, we go into the Star Trek corner with... Um, Star Trek Echo uh, Star Trek the motion pictures uh, Echoes number five of five. Yes, this is the end of this uh, miniseries set in uh, during the time after the original uh, the original Star Trek movie. As written by Mark Guggenheim with art by um, Oleg Chudikov, colors by DC Alonzo, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So, um, yeah, things get wrapped up here, but of course it gets wrapped up in kind of a, um, um, a pretty Star Trek behind way because, you know, there's a ship battle, which, uh, 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 there's, uh, uh, another stalemate on the ground. There's uh, some foreshadowing to, let's say the movie, most people, uh, who have watched the Star Trek movie would know about and, and, or care about. Um, and the end seemingly could potentially set up another book, but I don't know if it actually is with, uh, with what's going on or with, with the, with the pieces that are, that are still at play, uh, so far. Um, that's, that's pretty much the bulk of it, but it was a pretty satisfying end to, uh, to this series. Um, this would probably read better in, in trade, I, I suspect, but um, it, it read fairly fairly decent um, um, issue to issue. Uh, next up, we have Star Trek Picard's Academy number one of, I believe, three? I am not entirely certain about that, but I've only seen three, um, three uh, slated out there. Uh, it's written by Sam Maggs with art by Ornella Greco, Colors by Charlie Kirchhoff and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So yes, if the name is any indication of anything, that we take this takes us back to uh, the time um, uh, Picard's time as a second year student at uh, Starfleet Academy, and he is um, hmm. I guess he is as some would expect him to have been. Uh, with what little that we know of his uh, his younger days, but before a certain potential, you know, a, a certain time in his younger days that we did actually kind of see and or hear about during um, in, uh, I'm about to say enterprise during uh, Next Generation, he was a little, little bit of a stickler, kind of a know it all. He was a, he was kind of that um Ashley guy uh, coming in in the beginning of this, um, and he's. If this book is what this book seems to be setting up, it's going to be setting up the fact that hey, he cannot do it alone, and he's going to have to um, kind of loosen up a little bit, and and that's what seem that's what this um, book seems to be uh, going to play out with what's going on here. You you get to meet uh, some of the other folks around uh, John Luke. Uh, such as this beta beta Zoid, uh, beta Zed, who's uh, kind of a jerk, but also the top uh, top of the class. Uh, this other girl who may or may not have a crush on John Luke, and he's blissfully underwear. And he has also got a fanboy friend um, that's kind of kind of with him. 
and uh, probably a couple of other people. Well, definitely a couple of other people that uh, you end up meeting that he will be um, interacting with with the uh, in the series. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and we even get um, actually at the end of this issue, we get to see um, uh, a cameo by let's just say uh, um, a fan favorite Trek uh, character. There we go. One that John Luke we well. We assume that John Luke met later in life, but um, but uh, maybe this uh, if this is in canon, <laughs> early in life. But it also makes sense given the time frame. Uh, next up, though, Mech Cadets Two. I was about to say Mech Cadets U Number Two, but this the previous series. Uh, Mech Cadet Two and uh, Number Two is written by Greg Park, with uh, it's illustrated by Takeshi Miyazawa. Um, we love we love uh, Takamizawa here. Uh, colors by Ian Herring and uh, letters by Simon Bolin. I mean, we, we like Greg Park also. Yes. Um, uh, and Ian Herring also. His colors, you know, just going great work. They, it, between uh, Miyazawa and Herring, their work together is pretty great, usually. Um, so, yeah, I won't spoil too much of this because I know Agent 70 is going to, um, going to read this at mm-hmm. some point. But we pretty much get a little bit further um, into the story here in that uh, the kids have come across, um, I'll say, uh, well, further come, further kind of met, been met with a small mystery on their hands, but one that probably has been teased in the, the, the previous book anyway, uh, the thing being a making that you... Um, and they, the kids also end up uh, continuing to go their own way and how they do things. But the book feels like um, it is more um, uh, gravitating around one character over the initial character that we met in the first book, the, the first series. Which realistically, even then, the same, this character kind of got a little, a little bit more shine than... than um, than the title character of that book. Nevertheless, uh, the kids are kind of doing their thing. Like I said, I'm trying not to don't spoil too much of it, but it's, it's been pretty good. And uh, there's a good bit of action going on here and possibly um, some budding sparks between a couple of characters. We don't, I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but uh, yeah. And of course the, the powers that be are kind of doing their thing. If you, if you know anything about Mecha that you and, or probably re- um, watch that uh, Netflix series, that is alongside with this. You kind of get the sense of what I'm talking about there. Um, and uh, there's some, uh, there's some things that happen here that, um, is going to definitely affect, uh, one character, if not all of the ones involved, uh, coming out of this particular issue. Next up, uh, world's finest teen Titans. Number three of six. There we go. Uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Emmanuel Lupacino, colors by Jody Belair, and letters by Steve Wands. So most, and I say most, of the Titans end up going to a convention uh, that is that bears their name, which you know, much to the delight of everyone who uh, sees them there, but also fans be fanning. So it kind of ah. gets out of hand fairly quickly, including. Um, um uh some very um 
I don't know. This is this is probably um, Wade's. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of maybe maybe Wade kind of saying, saying that the folks are getting a little bit too familiar with with uh, celebrities. I don't know. That I could be reading too much more into the, than it is. But the couple of things that ends up happening is this: is that some folks definitely do get a little too close for comfort, which I feel like given who is involved on this team could have been one avoided and or gotten out of fairly easily, but it led to another interaction that made one of them kind of go just a little bit ballistic. Um, 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 and will probably be, uh, be, um, brought back up as a story. Cause it is even was telegraphed. was like, yeah, there's definitely a story going on here as to why this uh, character reacted the way they did, but it also leads up to such shenanigans and um, a resolution that uh, may be setting up something else with uh, the leader of uh, said Team Titans and uh, their, uh, I don't want to say complications at home because that doesn't sound right, but uh, their dealings at home, let's just say, uh, has, comes into play at the end of this. Uh, oh. Yeah. And so you have to understand that this is um, being set at least in whatever whatever universe this is, um, at the beginning of the Teen Titans, um, um, you know, uh, when they, right after they're they've been made up. Like I said, this this is not the I guess prime universe's uh, Teen Titans. So we can I think we can safely say that. And because there is a convention this early on, and some of those things that come into play uh, within this thing, it's definitely not the prime. DC Earth, uh, where this is being set, I th- think that's pretty. Uh, I think that's pretty well stated here. Anyway, um, it's an interesting read. Like I said, if they bring that other stuff back up, we'll see what happens with that, or whether that's going to get addressed somewhere. Uh, next up is Children of the Vault, number two or four, which I'm not sure what Faden um, Seventy was going to read or not. Oh no! Actually, I read that. I just didn't write it down because I was kind of like, meh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can understand that. But uh, written by Dennis Camp, uh, art by Luca Maresca, color artist Carlos Lopez, and letters by BC's Corey Pettit. Um, so I think that Bishop and Cable buddy cop thing, whatever, whether it be book, movie, or, or possibly video game thing, should should happen. Um, there seems to be, or at least the way I'm feeling about it, there seems to be some setup going, or cause some continual. Um, I guess Schadenfreude uh, on the um, on behalf of the the children of the vault going on here in their dealings with the world, but uh, you know Cable and Bishop kind of has their own plan to uh, disrupt that whole thing, and that's uh, part of that plan. He can be seen played out during the course of this issue into going on into. Um, you know, going on into the next one. We, if you take the end for into the book for what it is, you get uh, the reemergence of um, '90s Cable, also, um, which you know haven't we've seen and but not necessarily have seen in quite a while. At least, yes, least. Well, you know he he dove into an old weapon stash and mm-hmm. '90s Cable walked out. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I'm like, huh? All right, I, I see that. So yeah, so that's going to uh, that's going to uh, come into something uh, in, in, this, in these last two issues. We'll see what it is. 
And last, the book for myself uh, takes us back to the Star Wars corner with um, Star Wars Darth Vader number 38, written by Greg Pak, uh, with art by Raffaella and uh, Ineco. Ineco, um, uh, Ineco, I'm not sure which one it is, I apologize. Colors by Federico Blee and letters by BC's Joe Caramagna. So, this is a Dark Droids tie-in. Um, and I've had to do a little pre-reading before getting to this because there, because the thread of that whole dark droid thing, part of which how it started, I'm still slightly lost on, but I would have to go back further than I intended to, but I got the gist of it right now. So droids have been taken over all over the, 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 um, the, um, the, 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 uh, the universe or the, the system universe, whatever the case may be. Um, it started off with, uh, Empire certain empire ships and kind of been spreading this particular one, the executor, um, which some may know from, from star Wars lore had been taken over and Vader was sent in to, uh, take care of the situation, um, as of last issue. And, uh, Maz Amada, who's, uh, the, the emperor's right hand man was like, well, he's taking too long. So we just going to have to, uh, send some folks in for that. And he also knew that Vader was there, so he's trying to get rid of Vader as well. So, you know, two two birds, one stone situation. Meanwhile, Vader's trying to stave off uh, these uh, these droids that's been taken over. Um, And while in certain parts of this book, you could say that, hey, the Empire's got certain loyalties to each other. No, they kind of don't. (laughs) <laughs> because certain things a couple of things happened it was like oh that was that sweet that's very loyal but of course it's the empire people are looking out for themselves and of course this is darth vader who you know is going to come out of kind of come out of this does um but also i know from another part of this dark droids thing that the thing that's behind it is very much trying to get vader uh or trying to use Vader for their own good. So I'm pretty sure it's probably not the end of it, but at the end of this, um, um, let's just say a weapon from the clone wars ends up being put back into play and we will probably see it, um, uh, in action next issue, um, continuing the dark droids thing, which I think is still going to go on for another month or so. I think, uh, from, from, from accounts, uh, from what it looks like. Uh, and that, folks, is it for myself. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So, yeah, potential click of the week is definitely Adventures Inc. for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, same here, same here. But I am going to jump in and give everyone my click of the week, that oh. being Daredevil number one. Okay. You seem to be leaning towards that, so I wasn't surprised. It was good. Um, I liked it. Cool. And you're, uh, I would say, definitely a bigger <laughs> Daredevil fan than uh, than than me. Uh, right. And so. I like the twist that they used in, you know, that, that uh, Zdrowski left, you know, Matt Murdock in. Mm-hmm. And that Ahmed is taking, you know, picking up and running with. Gotcha. There's a couple other um, uh, Solomon and I made books I've been uh, kind of checking out on time. There's some other good stuff by... Uh, but my dude, uh, so I'm looking forward to whenever the next books I can talk about uh, for him. For myself, though, actually, wait, let me do this real quick. Uh, so, do 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 do
1870s click. And for myself, I'm actually, this is probably will be no surprise, even though I didn't mention it. It was a potential click for me, uh, uh, but um, actually I would use this particular cover. There we go. Uh, Avengers Inc. number one for myself is uh, my click of the week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the uh, next issue uh, to see what's going on. And with that, we're going to move on into the news. But first, let's get an ad read. Wait, did didn't uh, PCN underscore Dirt have a click also? But it turned out to be like a re-release of something. Oh, he did. Well, mm, I, yeah, I guess we can count that as a click. He's um, yeah, because so, if it's his, if it's his first time reading it and it was released this week, printed this, you know, published this week. So actually, yeah, actually, and it's a good time to bring this book up because I've been hearing a, a good bit about it. So yeah, um, so before we go into that, let me pull up this book, which is Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer number one. Um, right. So that's brought that. Uh, hold that thought. That is PCN underscore Dirt's click of the week. And all I can say is Nezuko and Tanjiro are not in this book. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. There's that. So, so, yeah. So this book has a little bit of a history. Um, as uh, it, uh, as uh, Dirt and I was kind of talking behind the scenes, like I know I had seen, and we probably talked about this book previously in the past, just real quick, because this book has been out uh, in independent release. Prior to this, I know I've seen it on Amazon, or at least a couple of the issues out on Amazon, and uh, I think uh, Dirt also kind of confirmed with that. Um, and it is this. Uh, series is also getting a Disney plus um, um, uh, uh, series at some point, which I don't remember whether we talked about or not, which we may or may not have, but I now do, but I knew uh, that it was happening because I had seen uh, about it. Um, If the name doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't strike anything for you. I would just use uh, dirt's uh, explanation of it. Uh, and he says, it's silly like those Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter and pride prejudice and zombie books with some silly jokes and whatnot, but it's definitely well done. Um, so there is that. So yeah, this is, I think this is a, this is definitely a reissue, uh, in a, in a sense through uh, a company. Cause like I said, the book's been out or at least a few issues have been out, uh, prior to this, but like I said, it's getting a reliable release because of the whole Disney plus thing. So, more people get to read it. And I know I have seen, definitely seen people talking about this book in the past. So, and I haven't, I have yet to read it, but I am going to at some point. Because it seems like it was kind of cool. Or at least the premise is kind of cool anyway. Oh, although the premise also could seem like, wait, what are they going to do with this? Because you could kind of go one way or another, depending on how, you, you know, what your thought patterns are. <laughs> like, okay, they might not do right by this, but they, or they, you know, it could be something cool. Which sounds like it might be cool. Um, and that being the case, that is that now we could actually go into uh, the cinematic news. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, 
go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Uh, there we go. I was about to say, what the hell? But I just remember what happened. All right, folks. Um, what happens when you get a new graphics card? Things all kind of go wonky. Um, humble brag. There's a humble brag. Please. Not even. <laughs> Um, check your settings, folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Cinematic news, uh, as we tend to do uh, about this time. First off, uh, Warner Brothers Sabins deals with Greg Blanty and J.J. Abrams, apparently, according to Deadline, uh, says, who reported on the decision with an anonymous source detailing which creators are being suspended, which two of the ones are, are um, included, and also K-Ling, K-Ling International and Doozer Productions. Uh, which I could assert uh, certain things from both of those, but I'm not sure if I would be right about either. So, um, so it seems like, yeah, JJ Abrams, bad, bad robot is going to, um, going to get cut out of their deal. And Berlanti's, uh, I can't remember the name of Berlanti's group, which, you know, the, uh, with the shutting down of the Arrowverse. Uh, with with uh, the Flash uh, out of the way, but although I have heard that uh, Belanti's group kind of has some other stuff that we're, they were working on with CW, so but we're not sure. Uh, this article kind of goes through, um, go, goes through the deal that JJ that Bad Robot had with uh, DC Studios, uh, which includes looks like Justice League Dark and a Constantine reboot. And of course, you, like I said, you know what Blanty stuff is because that's the Arrowverse, which pretty much kept the CW um, afloat for many, many a time. Uh, some would argue. So, um, it says here that um, yeah, Warner Brothers has yet to, con- to terminate any contracts with any producers at this time, but it is a possibility. And of course, strike uh, is going on right now, so that could kind of you know do some things, but. Um, Historically, the studios prefer to stick with suspensions, which do not require them to pay producers during the time, during the duration of the strike. So that according to this article. So, yeah. And it sounds like once the, the strike is settled, uh, uh, once the strike is settled, that I guess the things could be back on potentially unless they decide to do something else. Next up. Warner Brothers Animation Department just made an official announcement that uh, Adult Swim and Max's My Adventures with Superman is receiving a season two. Uh, Well, we kind of knew that already, but season two is definitely in progress. It's in production. Hey, you know, always good to hear confirmation. Um, (laughs) That's funny. All right. Next up, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom trailer uh, has been released today as of this recording. Uh, you may or may not have seen the, the teaser that was from last 
this past Monday saying uh, suggesting as much. But yes, full trailer is out there now. The the movie's still um, subject to be released on December twentieth of this year. I have not seen the trailer yet, but I believe Agent Seventy has. So he, he has impressed. Yes, I did. I did see it. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was solid. I'm still not a big fan of where Momoa decides to go sometimes with this character, but it is an adaptation. Remind myself again and again and again and again, it is an adaptation of the comic book character. Ultimately, I think that uh, we're going to see that this might be a remix of the first movie as opposed to really going into any kind of new directions. So uh, that's my kind of hot take, as it were, just based off of the trailer. Mm. Because it seems like we're getting all the same characters. Right. Well, I mean, that was, I would like to believe that was probably going to happen, but I see what you're saying. Um, Because they left them in a place where they're like, yeah, of course, they they were probably going to be back unless they just happened to shuffle them off somewhere. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Like I said, I hadn't seen the, I didn't see the trailer. Um, I was going to say that, um, hey, his portrayal of uh, Aquaman's got to be better than what he ended up doing with Fast X. Even though it started out, that started out, (laughs) it started out good. And then he kind of went to a, a place with that character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, next up, though. Which dream All right, next it? up. Oh, yeah, hold oh, on. Yeah. Uh, no, this is, yeah, this is my story. Yeah, yeah go So, ahead. Uh, which streaming service cancels TV series at the highest rate? There's <clears> a new study that sets the record straight. Oh, how much of that story I hate. How much can I rhyme? Can we, you know, can we wait? Um... So, so the new report, the show must go off, is an exhaustive statistical analysis that aims to settle one of the most hotly contested debates in the TV industry. So this is something that Variety Intelligence Platform and Luminate collaborated on. Uh, let's see here. Warner Brothers Discovery-owned Max, formerly HBO Max, was by far the most brutal when it comes to canceling shows, coming in at 26.9%. It's not a big surprise. We all kind of knew that. I would have guessed this one. (laughs) Uh, Netflix only axes stuff at 10.2% of its shows. Uh, Let's see. Apple TV Plus had the lowest cancellation rate at just 4.9%. They also ain't got much, so. <laughs> right. That's kind of how I, you know what? I was about to say, Roddy Cat totally was reading my mind as I was finishing reading that. I was like, there's not that much there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not canceling Ted Lasso. They let Ted Lasso go. Everything else is like their own brand of sci-fi. So they're just kind of trying to build their, you know, roster of content. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, I feel like I, this this the order that they have here uh, in, in this one particular article seems like the order almost seems like the order of streamers that people would probably gravitate towards. Which uh, that's I guess sorry to Paramount Plus, but I feel like that's the order people would go into if they if for their streaming services uh, needs anyway. So, right. 
So yeah, it's not that terribly surprising, but yeah, I'm sure it's it's out there. Um, I like the side article article that says, "Can the CW survive without superheroes and team soaps?" Which, uh, if you know anything about the C- T- uh, CW, that's pretty much what they were built on. It was built on. Ah, so that's kind of funny. Uh, I'm probably checking it out sometime. The Marvel's director confirms what everybody already suspected, which I saw another article on this uh, on a, on a similar side um, that I had to giggle about. Um, so yeah, um, basically because of the strike, there probably won't be much, um, uh, promotion leading up to, uh, the, uh, the, the movie's premiere, unless the strike happens to, uh, you know, get, uh, get settled before then. But as of right now, yeah, not so much produ- production. I mean, not, not so much, um, um, you know, um, promotion of the movie at this point. So, like that, not not surprising, not a surprising move. Like that, that strike is still looming. I mean, it's still 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 around us. Hell, there's another strike in another area uh, that's uh, about to come to a head uh, that we're still yep. waiting on. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Next up, though. Next up, Marvel Studios actually just put the entire first season of I Am Groot on YouTube, which is great. Because that will lead people to maybe go watch the second season, which just dropped on Disney Plus, which I already finished watching. So oh, I nice. am up to date on I Am Groot. The second oh. season is actually really fun. Okay, cool, cool. I had to check that out. Yeah, so uh, previously they had put, um, I think, if, if most if not all of the episodes of um, that Marvel Legends series. I know I've seen a couple of them up on YouTube before. I, don't, I can't remember if they put them all up there, but this... Um, but so it's not the first time that they've kind of put whole shows out there on on YouTube like that. But you know, yeah, I'm sure people appreciate this one <laughs> more than that one just for for the content that's in there. Next up, though, Shoesnits. Um, Disney releases a hundred. Oh crap! Hold on a second. Let me see if I can. Uh, right. Yep. Uh, I thought I took care of this collateral. I hate you. Um, but Disney is, um, releasing a hundred movie box set with animated feature, uh, favorites from Snow White to Elemental. Elemental also just came back, uh, came out to streaming on Disney plus, uh, fairly recently, actually, I think I want to say like within this past week, uh, possibly today. Don't know. But regardless, the collection will be available for pre-order on Walmart's website on September 18th, which is in a few days from now. And each uh, copy will include a numbered certificate of authenticity. If, you, if you're if you of a certain vintage, you remember the things going into the vault and similar things happening uh, prior to that happening. And it says here that, yeah, you'll get to um, check out some the Disney's history of... Uh, movies all right so this is what we're gonna do right here right now uh as i read off a couple of the, actually you know what you already know it's disney so it's disney and t- pixar stuff up at, up until from snow white um and all that stuff up until like uh wait is actually elemental on this in this list or uh frozen yep elemental is on this list so uh, what I'm actually looking for is the price of this because this is probably going to be quite spendy. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see 
uh, the um, you can see the box set that is going to come in. It's going to be a book. It's just like a is that a Mickey Mouse hat, a crystal Mickey Mouse hat or something? Looks like. Uh, I don't see a price here for this thing, but um, let's see. Do I click off? Yeah, I don't see a price in here, but basically, looks like September eighteenth. Uh, that's when you'll be able to pre-order it from Walmart. So I guess we'll find we'll get a price around that time because they don't have a link to it here. But yeah, pretty much anything you can think of in the Disney library uh, from Disney and Pixar up and uh, up until now, in, well, including uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas also is uh, is going to be in the set. So yeah, if you're a Disney fan and you probably already have all of this shit, <laughs> you may or may not want to uh, get this copy or get this set. Uh, anyway, next up. All right, getting over to stuff that's happened in Ahsoka. The director of episode four of Ahsoka, Peter Ramsey, spilled some details about what we saw happen to Maroc in that episode. So, uh, you know, it's a couple of weeks. It's been a week, actually, mm-hmm. since uh, this episode. So it's not necessarily something I'm going to spoil here. But let's just say that uh, all it took was one stroke. Of a lightsaber. And as that's that. I was supposed to say, as it should, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is, in the clickbait section, um, there is um, actually uh, um, uh, an interview with uh, Peter Ramsey also about uh, this week's episode that I didn't put in because, you know, might be slightly spoiler for, for some folks to... Um, to, 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 to check out at this time. But it's there if you want to check it out for your for yourself. Next up though, um Ivana Sanko uh Sakno, excuse me, breaks down her calculator Ahsoka villain uh Shin Hati, which some would question that's like, well <laughs> you know, we're not gonna go about that because we know, you know, eight to seventy has already made uh his his thoughts known about the um the British guy forcing the robot. <laughs> So, but um, this is looks like this comes from Entertainment Weekly, and uh, see every time they say th- this interview was before the 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 strike, I I don't want to believe them because I fairly I I I I I find it hard to believe that all of these things that they keep saying and believe me, they've said a lot happened before the strike that they're just been holding on to. Mm-hmm. You know, news news outlets don't hold on to to very much if they can if they can help it. But maybe they did, and I'm giving them. The, but basically, she says uh, she's very calculated. Uh, she's very impatient, but she's a seeker. She's only in the beginning of finding her own voice. So maybe that suggests whether she is going to make it out of the series or not, or not. We don't know. That you know could be me speculating. We'll see. Next up. Alrighty, your favorite space gambler is not returning in a new Star Wars series on Disney Plus, but rather in a theatrical feature film. Deadline confirmed with insiders that the project, uh, Dan, uh, Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian, ha- is making that pivot from a Disney Plus series to the big screen. The news re- was revealed this past Thursday or last Thursday, that is, via the actor's brother and fellow Atlanta EP, Stephen Glover, who's working on the project with Donald. Okay. Sure. Okay. 
guess if y'all right. This is obviously it. still subject to change because of the strike. Yes. Um, which they had to just kind of say in there. It's kind of in limbo because of. Um, good news for um, uh, for workers, folks, especially VFX workers uh, that work with Marvel. Marvel VFX workers unanimously vote to unionize with uh, I with I I see. I don't know. I'm not going to know why I said that, but the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Um, there was an election held with the National Labor uh, Relations Board, and uh, yeah, it was unanimous. So it says, yeah, and this happened a couple of days ago, actually, it's September 12th. Um, that just happened. So here's the quote today. VF, VFX workers at Marvel Studios spoke with unanimous collective voice demanding fair pay for the hours they work, health care, a safe and sustainable working environment and a respect for what they do. Uh, end quote. So, you know what? Good on them. Uh, voice actors, I think, are, as I alluded to, are possibly uh, going to be. Well, not unionizing, but also a strike things happening. That's probably going to be the next uh, thing on the on the. Uh, seems like the next thing on the agenda. So yeah, uh, I think this article kind of goes into the next steps of that, but I'm not going to go into because it's, uh, it's a little bit of a read. But next up, more Enterprise and Star Trek Lower Deck season five. Season five has been confirmed by the director and producer. Yay! So. Uh, more references to Star Trek Enterprise will be coming to Star Trek Lower Decks, and that's been confirmed by supervising director Brian J. Kelly and producer Brad Winters. Okay, Barry J. Kelly. Wait, hold on. Is it now? Just uh, now, I'm not because this this article says Brian and Barry, so I don't know if it's <laughs> for the for the same person. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. Um, get your shit together, Screen Rant. Anyway. I must be Actually, it must be Barry because they, they say Barry throughout the rest of this article. Um, but yeah, that's that's good. I, I can't remember too many Enterprise references that I've seen so far. But then again, season four just happened, just started. Uh, letting Jonathan Frakes direct Star Trek came back to bite the show's uh, show's producer, uh, according to the Slash Film article. Basically, what happens was um, uh, Frakes asked to direct uh, a Star, Star Trek Next Generation episode. They gave him a pretty prime one in a data episode, according to this article. And, uh, but they didn't want to get, but they didn't want to give it to him because he's not, you know, he wasn't a director and, and you know, wasn't, so he went and pretty much done the studies and done the studying and, uh, you know, watch folks ask questions and all that stuff until, you know, uh, and then they gave it to, him, and then they gave it to him. But the reason why it came back to bite the, the producer is because this opened the door for other Star Trek uh, notables to uh, to start directing careers uh, with doing so. And some may or may not know, Jonathan Frakes has pretty much a flourishing uh, director discography at this point, with a whole bunch of shows under his belt. Uh, that are outside of Star Trek, including inside up into um, episodes of uh, Lower Decks and uh, Strange New Worlds, which is the current stuff. So, and I've seen some stuff outside of his Star Trek works. So I'm like, yeah, he's he's pretty good. So, good on him for that. But yeah, but definitely it uh, opened the door to other folks 
who wanted to try their hand at directing uh, with that. So, cool. Next up. Okay, and not necessarily comic book movie news, but in news related to an actor who is prominent in the community. Uh, The International Olympic Committee has has proposed prominent actress Michelle Yeoh as a new IOC member for election at its session in Mumbai, India. And that would happen next month, October 15th to 17th. So, you know, uh, that is she's one candidate for uh, if she were elected, she would be the sole representative from Malaysia. Okay. We love Michelle, y'all. So, you know, had to, to you know, throw us on something. Uh, now we get over into. Oh, sorry. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was meaning to get over to the anime because I saw that we were going over to anime. Yes. Uh, now we're getting over to the anime corner. You know, I'm playing that. You must have saw. Because uh, there, there, yeah, there is a story that's queued up for me that mm-hmm. I am going to read. <laughs> so, Roddy Cat's got the next one. Yeah, I figured you would see that. Um, Castlevania Nocturne. I'm glad you had it on the list. <laughs> I look out. I look out for you, sir. Um, Castlevania Nocturne breaks down this timeline. So yeah, we know uh, where and kind of when Castlevania Nocturne, the the next uh, season of Castlevania, is going to be set. We know it's um, it's revolving around Richter, which is the son of Trevor and Cipher. Um, and it seems to be uh, kind of early-ish on. It was not going without saying. So, Richter, you know, another Castlevania notable. So I'm sure. I'm trying to remember if I've re- if I played any of the ones Richter's been in. I don't remember. Castlevania's long and storied. So, but nevertheless, September 28th, more Castlevania uh, anime, and we love it. Next up. Next up, Attack on Titans <laughs> finale has finally been confirmed to re- premiere in November. It's the final, final countdown. Dun, dun, dun. So, <laughs> so uh, it, this was dropped on X, aka Twitter, um, and the premiere date is November fourth, and uh, the official Attack on Titan account. Drop some new footage, but it doesn't really show too much. Bottom line, though, is that um, the manga itself ended back in 2020, April of 2021. So uh, the anime has had a little bit of time to catch up and uh, adapt the final, final part of the final, final act of Attack on Titan. And we'll see how that plays out in short order. November 4th will be here before you know it. So, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, next up, I know what I was going to say is uh, real quick. Uh-huh. I don't know. Now I, I'm kind of like, I may put off finally biting the bullet on Shonen Jump until after that, or just avoid reading it if I decide to bite the bullet. Because I am now even closer. To biting the bullet. I just need to get past a couple of like busy work. It's kind of like a busy work season right now. So I'm kind of like, "Ah, I may not, you know, jump into uh, something that could potentially like have me in front of my iPad and not paying attention to other stuff for a while. Yeah, get it. 
you know. I so, get it. But, you know, hey, well, you also, I mean, granted, I know you do a lot of reading, so you probably more reading than what we do and what you t- in the, what you do already is probably not on the menu, but hey. Right. I'm like, folks, we read a lot of comics on top of, you know, like real life and like personal book reading and everything else. So, you know, adding uh, manga to that is uh, sometimes hard. Yeah, even as a wind down, I was, which is what I was about to suggest. But, you know, yeah, I was like, I, but I also remember it's like, yeah, you already do a lot of reading. So <laughs> in who's uh, Crunchyroll announced uh, on Sunday that it will stream Hypnosis, Mike Division, Rap Battle, uh, Rhyme Anima Plus, the second season for uh, that show, uh, which you had to know that was probably going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen and it looks to be uh it's going to hit japan on october 6th uh or uh, as this article says october 7th at midnight um or october 6th at uh, 11 eastern time which probably means we'll get it uh on the 7th um when the country world does their uh, simulcast joint um, that show's kind of I have not kept up with that show because I've only watched a couple of episodes of it but it's it it had promise when I first read it but also once you find out what it actually is it's like okay this is silly but also silly in a potentially good way let's just say anywho because basically it's a world was like hey guns have been outlawed and the only weapons are mics or uh, uh, are, are, you know so basically people are using in a very Yu-Gi-Oh slash type type fashion and Pokemon type way, the 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 weapon ends up being the microphone as opposed to cards or little creatures. So it's it's kind of amusing. Anyway, next up. Alrighty, Sony Sony's Crunchyroll shakes up management as COO Brady McCollum has exited. Oh, okay, so he's exited after fifteen years at. The, in this position so um let's see as part of the changes yeah there's going to be some shuffling every day they're shuffling hmm. um the weirdest thing about this article to me is the remembering that sony owns Crunchyroll because i try to forget that as, as, as quickly as possible um right. but so far they hadn't done anything bad with it but still um Solo Level. This is this is news that I was kind of excited about because I've actually been reading this manga um, uh, uh, a bit. But Solo Leveling, the anime, uh, has a release date and a trailer. Uh, uh, thanks to Crunchyroll, uh, and it's going to be. I have not seen this trailer, but um, if it's anything like the last one I did see, then hey, it's, it's looks to be uh, um, adapting things quite nicely. Uh, from at least from what I've read, anyway. Uh, but the anime is going to premiere January 2024 uh, on Crunchyroll. So that's not terribly too much longer from now, but I can't wait for that. And I know a couple of people in that same boat. So this is good stuff. You, uh, 8 to 70, you may or may not want to check that out. I don't know. We'll, we'll see once that time comes. Okay. Um, I will say that uh, this, if this might or may not give you a slight bit of a carrot... To, to, for you doing that uh, the music will be console, composed by Hiroyuki Sawano who is best known for his work on Attack on Titan ah. uh, The Seven Deadly Sins and Blue Exorcist so yeah next up 
All right. Bleach Thousand Year Blood War Part 2. The separation has officially reunited a character with another character and another character before the next slate of fights in anime. And the newest episode of the series has sparked a debate among fans for seemingly removing an infamous moment between these three characters uh, from the original Bleach manga. Okay. Yes, uh, Chad Orihime uh, is apparently back, and apparently they do a little something different from the manga, which some you know some people are like, "Oh, you should have left that in." Basically, um, mm. so yeah, yeah, there's, I guess there's a reason for it. But shout out to Yoruichi because that's probably one my that's probably my favorite character from Bleach, and I can't confirm that um, if you have the means, uh, or, or elsewhere in the world, yeah, Disney Plus does seem to have uh, all of Bleach and Bleach Thousand Year War for your perusal. Don't ask me how I know that. Next up. Um, new Fist of the North Star anime announced for the 40th anniversary. Because no, you are already dead. Um, or I can't remember how that went. Regardless, 40 years. That shows almost older than we are. Um... And believe me, from, from the animation of that thing, it, it showed. Um, but I never really liked... I liked but didn't like Fist of the North Star when I, when I saw it. Because it was like, this is weird. Either way, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. There's, a, there's reports of a potential anime return uh, that has been announced. Uh, let's see. And apparently it's an update with the, uh, with the latest tech, latest animation technology, according to this and an all new voice cast behind it. So I guess this is going to be like a, a retelling of the original from what it sounds, from what it seemed like, or in, as opposed to a, a wholly new one. Uh, but I guess we'll see fans of fist of the North star, get your, get your, I was about to get your fist ready, but that might not, may or not sound right, <laughs> depending on how you take that. Next up. Oh, a nice. This is a nice welcome. Good news. If you're excited about Spy X Family coming back at some point, guess what? It's coming back soon. Yes. It's going to launch on October 7th. That's pretty cool. Yep. I Happy just... to hear that. I just saw that like uh, two minutes ago, so I had to rush and put that in there. <laughs> very, very happy to hear that. It's only weeks away, folks. Yes, sir. That's far. I love it. This is also one of those, uh, another manga. I actually I started reading it before the show came out, but now that it's along, this far along, I probably can go ahead and do that one if that ends up happening. We'll see. Um, but yeah, love that show. Um, and now we're going to go into the manga corner, which is probably wasn't worth saying because it's only one article oh no Uh, you want to take it go for it Uh, let's see here no you got me scrolling down I was about to say it's your turn uh, uh, oh, that's right. You did take the spy for Sorry. Um, Full Wars Creator's newest manga canceled in Shonen Jump. Uh, we had already talked about a couple other um, uh, manga that's been canceled for reason last uh, last episode that we talked about it. Um, the This newest manga was far different from Food Wars, and um, I had it in 70, not watching an episode, although I wish I had. Uh, but he got a sense of what that uh, was, <laughs> what food was 
uh, Fort Worth was at one point, which that was kind of fun. I wish I had recorded, uh, kind of wish I had recorded that. Uh, nevertheless, um, let's see. Uh, Tamaku Cinema Chapter Twenty One looks like it's the final chapter. Um, that is uh, hitting Shonen Jump, or that has hit. Looks like uh, Shonen Jump. Uh, and it and it, it's, it's uh, apparently had not been around uh, that long. It's just been since uh, this past April. So, yeah, if anybody is a fan of that, then you know, hey, and you probably already know the news already, and may or may not be sad, but we'll see. Mm. Now we'll get over into the comic book news real quick. All righty, let me find a good transition for this, and then go into the story. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. DC's newest team perfectly updates the 90s Power Rangers for 2023. Yeah, since I don't particularly care for the 90s Power Rangers, I may not care for the story. But DC's brand new era for Blue Beetle brings to mind the spirit of a long forgotten 90s action team that's much like the beloved Power Rangers. So this is an article with spoilers for Blue Beetle number one, which came out, what, last week, right? Yes. So Blue Beetle and his friends are a group of teens with attitude, oy, okay, no, using their nice. advanced <laughs> alien technology to protect Palmera City. Oh, a what city? Palmeras? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Uh, the distinct shape of their armor and growing roster of color-coded teammates calls to mind another tokusatsu series, the insect-themed Big Bad Beetleborgs. Who? God. Okay, so that's where I, that's where I was going to uh, have taken issue with this article. In fact, I still will because the title, as as Agent Seventy says, and you, as folks who say in the video version says, Power Rangers, not Big Bad Beetleborgs. But not, so I was like, okay, there are two different shows. Yes, they're in the same same genre, but still, like, no, don't do that. And they even had a picture of Big Bad Beetleborgs behind. The uh the the uh the, the the blue beetle squad. So yeah, apparently Jaime is like mentoring these other two people, and Ted Cord is around. Uh, I, I guess as their Zordon, if you want to go, if you want to continue down the um, you know that down that line of thinking. So yeah, that's kind of what this what this whole book is about so far. And um, uh, oh wait, oh apparently according to this article, something happens to Ted Cord in here, which. Not surprising because it's not the first time something's happened to Ted Cord in a DC comic book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I guess uh, you'll find out what that is about. Uh, I may check this book. I, I don't know. We'll see. Regardless, uh, next book is something I saw uh, prior to the show, which is very, very interesting in that Will Bill Willingham has released fables into the public domain. Right. I saw something in my social media about this, too. I did not have a chance to read it, though. So tell us about it. So, um, fables uh, as as a um, uh, as an IP is wholly, while licensed to DC, is wholly owned by Bill Willingham, and apparently he has had some, uh, as, according to at least this and what I've seen online, had some issues with DC. So, uh, uh, in fact, according to this thing. Um, 
it has to do with payments. Uh, Cesar Willingham claims that there was a number of issues that led to this moment, including late and or missed payments by D.C. He also claims that during the last round of negotiations for Fables to Black Forest, the latest miniseries, which resumed the, num- uh, the numbering of the original series and now looks like it will never be completed, that D- according to this article, that D.C. attempted to make the series work for hire, which would have effectively transferred his copyright to the publisher. Uh, when called on it, they reportedly said that it was done in error. Yeah, right. Rather than malice. But given his other struggles with DC, according to this article, Willingham clearly doesn't believe that. So he threw it out into public domain. And I think he even said, it's like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm curious to see what y'all do with this. Yep. So, um, and it's, I guess, and so, which means that I guess you should be able to just go ahead and, cause fables ran for a good minute. It's like a fairly, like a, little over 100 issues or something out there at this point. So you should be able to... Yeah, it might be on the Internet Archive by, by this time tomorrow. We don't even know. Um, so, yeah, you should be able to pick it up and do what with, I suppose. The only thing I'm kind of curious about, because I know some of, the, some of that stuff has been used in video games, and I don't know if that has anything to do, if that's a separate thing or not, which I think that usually is in this case. Uh, well, I'll tell you that Fables is a very popular comic book, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm certain that these characters, you know, which obviously are based off of public <clears throat> domain characters already, mm-hmm. you know, it's a rendition of these characters, you know, these renditions of these characters will be picked up and, you know, done, you know, people will do all sorts of cool things, I hope, with them. We would hope, right. So, but the fact that it's out there is is quite interesting um yeah this article goes on you can read it for yourself so um and apparently there's a there's an article at the bottom of this uh hold on let me see something okay well never mind i was about to say maybe there was an article that that kind of teased this happening but maybe maybe not or this is something different nevertheless moving right along uh is that you oh wait hold on this is mine yeah give Mm -hmm. me one second I just wanted to weigh in on that Bill Willingham thing because that, oh, yeah. that was interesting yeah. to see across, you know, my social media. I just didn't have a chance to really read any of the uh, the articles. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> Top Cow Productions has revealed its plans to help celebrate the 20th anniversary of Image Comics' The Walking Dead. So, the Cyberforce publisher announced three variant covers for some of their current running series, specifically Destiny Gate. Antarctica and haunt you to the end that will feature the walking dead characters along with their own original mascots on these covers. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool that, you know, they would bring that in, you know, just to help shout out. I didn't, I can't even believe that the walking dead is 20 years old now. Yeah, I know. We're getting old, pal. We're getting old. Yeah. Um, You know, I was getting to it. I'm getting too old for this shit. Indeed. Um, I'm going to have to do something about these pages in their ads because this is ridiculous. Next up, though, um, Marvel reveals the cover and um, solicitation for December's Spider-Man number, Spider-Woman, excuse me, number two. Uh, I'm going to scroll down so you can see the cover, which, there you go. There's the cover to Spider-Woman number two if you're watching the video version. Uh, it's a gang war tie-in. There was another one which I forgot to get because that was David Aha's um, uh, uh, cover for uh, Shang Chi, the Master of uh, Kung Fu. Uh, that 
uh, I thought I saw, uh, I didn't see an article for, but I did see him mention it. But nevertheless, uh, there's some variant covers for, for some gang war stuff going on. And, um, uh, oh, apparently it says here that, uh, yeah. So we already know about the get the setup, the gang war, cause we saw it in Spidey. Um, uh, and uh, we already know uh, Jessica Drew's getting a new series, but what we saw coming out of that was something totally different that had nothing to do with Game War, but apparently there is going to be a tie-in with uh, with Game War uh, with Game War, and uh, I guess this is going to be an ongoing series for her, because I don't think it was announced as such originally. So, cool. Next up. Alright, the Marvel training program for aspiring artists posted in Disneyland Paris, produced its first official Marvel Comics artist. Her work is set to come out this October in Miles Morales' Spider-Man number 11. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That is, the winner is Federica Manchin, or Manchin. And uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see, um, well, that's a, that's a cover by someone else. Uh, I don't know. I thought this article had some preview pages. It does, actually. Uh, yeah, you can see some preview pages of uh, said issue, but I think we'll be talking about that. Oh, no, it says the, oh, no, it says the cover that's in the slider is by Federico Vicentini. But, yeah, right. like you said, uh, yeah. the, other, the other images in the slider article. Right. The slider images, yep. So, which it just disappeared to me. So that's weird. But yeah, yeah. I, same, I was about to say, I was about to say the same thing. It disappeared for me too. Huh, that's weird. And that happens with some Marvel articles. And I don't know why. Regardless, but you can check that out for yourself in the, in the um, show notes. Uh, but some of the art looked good from what I saw. So, cool. And I'll look forward to uh, checking that, uh, um, that uh, issue out. Uh, next up, though, Captain America is tested by the Fixer in a new Avengers Unlimited story. Which is guest starring Moon Knight, and that story is on Marvel Unlimited. No, not a sponsor, just a source. Um, I, I don't know why we continue to say that, but we do. Uh, Avengers Unlimited number sixty-three, which is Captain America. Steve, well, it says Captain America, Steve Rogers. Um, I guess that's a you have to make that distinction distinction nowadays because there are two running around. Mm-hmm. Um, it says here that Cap is being put through his paces by the Fixer of all people. A uh, long-standing, technologically savvy foe that has a new that has a new series of tests for the Sentinel of Liberty. Steve uh, may be able to think and act quickly on his feet, but uh, he even he'll need help to escape this mechanical minefield, according to uh, Marvel's article. So, yeah, if you have Marvel Unlimited and Light Cap and Moon Knight and want to check the story out uh, right now, then you can do so. so. A lot of this stuff ends up getting uh, re physical reprints uh so, so you can wait if you want to but or you can check out these um the preview images that i'm scrolling through right now next up legendary writer chris claremont celebrates wolverine's 50th anniversary in wolverine madripoor nights so this upcoming february chris claremont teams up with artist edgar edgar salazar for a sequel to one of claremont's most iconic wolverine adventures in wolverine madripoor Knights. so this is a sequel 
that follows up on the events of Uncanny X-Men 268. That is the book with the iconic cover of Captain America, Wolverine, and Black Widow on it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite comics. I've gotten that comic signed by Jim Lee. It is an incredible thing. I've, I've, I've re, recreated that in Marvel Legends form on my bookshelf. So it is iconic. And it's cool to see that Claremont would pick up the ball where that story ends and, uh, you know, kind of tell, uh, you know, uh, not even a retcon, really, but it could be. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, there probably will be some stuff in there. Who knows? No, knowing how they've been doing books like these lately. Um, but yeah, January 2024. You don't have that terribly long to wait for that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. On sale now is uh, the novel version of Marvel Secret Invasion. Just in time for the Marvel Secret Invasion show that just ended <laughs> a while back. Yeah, right. But yeah, so based on the the, the Marvel Comics event that uh, Brian Michael Bendis and and uh, Lanil Francis you did back in the day, uh, it's being adapted by Paul Canero and published by Titan Books. And like I said, it is out this week because I did see it um, out there. So if you hey you want to read a novel version of a um, what, damn near what fifteen twenty year old um, <laughs> event. At this point, uh, hey, knock yourself out. Nothing's stopping you. Or you can go check out the whole thing on Marvel Unlimited. Just, I'm just saying. Next up. So if everyone remembers me complaining about a very tall Galactus not being able <laughs> to fit on my bookshelf in Marvel Legends form, this is close, but it's not that bad. HasLab has launched a new campaign for Giant Man. And it's actually pretty cool looking, and it's somewhat, and I say somewhat because it's always relative, somewhat reasonably priced at $199 to, uh, to back this and to uh, pick this up because uh, this giant man is 24 inches tall, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at the image here, uh, the l- most recent Marvel, or yeah, I don't know if that's the the Marvel Legends cap with the with the, the straps, but ultimately, uh, standard six inch figure goes up to a giant man's knee, and that's actually a pretty good depiction of what Giant Man was supposed to be in the comics. So, you know, there's some uh, cool articulation on this figure, and there's some um, backer, uh, uh, call it? What do you call them? The um, Stretch goals. Yes. Yes, there are some stretch goals here. You get some alternative alternate heads. So yeah. this is actually something I'm deeply considering <laughs> just because it is a unique figure. And it's not – it's expensive, but it's not like break the ba- – it's not like $500. Right. You know? Uh, yeah, you can check out the, I believe the, yeah, cause I remember seeing the video, uh, from, from Marvel, um, uh, from, from, excuse me, from Hasbro, um, uh, Pulse, um, in, in the past few days, which made me, you know, uh, pick out this article. You got 39 days left to go on the funding as of this, uh, recording. It's halfway there, almost halfway there because it's 4,586 <laughs> backers. This will get funded. Yeah, this out of will 10, get funded because this pretty reasonable. It's a pretty reasonable price for you know uh, a giant man figure. Even though he's not that popular, 
complete as we'll want to have this figure for Avengers lineups. Yeah. Yeah, the original Avengers lineups at that. You're right. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty decent looking figure, I got to say. Um, also looks slightly menacing, but, you know, that's it's like, it feels like that's... Um... <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, there are alternate faces. So, you know, right. not, just, to that point. not just the, not just the, uh, the stretch goals. Because right. I think there's like an angry face, a smiling face, and a placid face, like a plain face. So, right. I already closed the article, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm very much considering it because, you know, when you do the math, you're like, you know what, that's how much it's going to cost. That's not like an extravagant, you know, you know, yes, it's not something that we need, but if you, you know, are an Avengers fan, I'm an Avengers fan. I'd like to have like an Avengers lineup that includes like a full giant man. We know we've all cheated by having, you know, Ant-Man. You know, Hank in his Ant-Man costume, right? You know, uh, a standard. You know, like be on the. You know, be. You know, being stand in your Avengers lineup. But if you can have Giant Man instead, that'd be pretty cool, right? And then before anybody correction, which they won't. Yes, I'm. Yes, I'm quite aware Ant-Man was the in the original lineup, but Giant Man was very closely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was close behind because if I recall the story. Uh, Ant Man need you know was looking to uh, beef up the the power that he brought to the team, mm-hmm. so and continued to do so until he yeah had some issues and created yes. and created a monster, um yes. and became said monster, and which may or may not play into something we read this week. Anyway, um, apparently this thing comes with two alternate uh, face plates, yeah, uh, but it doesn't say which ones, so. Oh no! I mean, like I looked at the Hazla. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think there's a yeah, that's there's, what I'm a, like. there's a smiling one, a plain one, and a you know, like an angry looking one. Right, and it says here 91 points of articulation. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, like blah. the fingers are articulated. So you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty dope. And yeah, I yeah, I'm pretty sure as Agent 70 said, this is probably going to make its goal. Uh, yeah, and it seems like it's a fair price. Mm-hmm. You know, one ninety nine for that much plastic, that big a figure. That seems like every you know, like I didn't hear anyone really say you know that's overpriced. Some people are just like, oh, it's Giant Man. You know, right? Yeah. That, that's fair, but you yeah. know, true. It's no Bill Foster, you know. Um, ah, ah. <laughs> um, so, if, if it reaches fourteen thousand goals, um, it, the, the alternate head will be the one uh, that turns him into Scroll Giant Man, according to this article, based mm-hmm. on Secret Invasion. So, yeah, yep. nice. Anyway, moving right along, I'm going to take these next two because I know Agent Seven is here. Um, <laughs> so, um. I'm going to say three words for the Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there who may possibly be Disney fans. Uh, Dark Magician Poo, folks. That's right. Uh, The second set of Disney Lord Canada traded cards will be uh, titled Rises of Floodborne. Um, It will be released on game stores on November 17th. I still don't have the first set and mass market retail stores on December 1st. So, yeah, it says uh, there's a limited edition Disney 100 edition uh, collection, which I'll talk about in a second. That will be um, available. But one of the cards available will be Winnie the Pooh as a wizard, which, again, dark wizard Pooh. You gotta love it. Uh, this article also goes through a couple of other cards. 
uh, in a, um, uh, that it will be in this new set, but I won't uh, to, to uh, at this particular moment. The next part of this article is that um, Disney Lord Canada's first animator-drawn cards are spectacular, according to this article, which apparently these are variant uh, cards that uh, Disney animators have done for the Disney Lord Canada Disney 100 edition, um, which, yes, probably has some relation to the, the uh, that big box set of movies that they're, um, that they're putting out. So, yeah, this article goes through a couple of the articles and some of uh, some of the cards that they've done. You can check them out in this article for yourself. Looks like some good stuff. Um, I hope to one day get my hands on some of this stuff. But uh, that seems less likely by the day. Next up. So I've always wanted an actual pair of web shooters. This is not that. Rather, these are replicas of the Spider-Man web shooters from um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. So, uh, yeah, these are nano web shooters. Close enough. You know, Shop Disney has them. They look pretty cool. Um, You get two nanotech web shooters with a base. You press a button to open up hinged web shooters for easy on and off. Flexible extension with palm button on the end. Press palm button to activate lights and sounds. Hold down palm button to activate a projector, which projects a red Spider-Man symbol. Press and hold the red switch to alternate between two different web-slinging sounds. Detailed circuitry molded into inner rubber sleeves for metal web shooters. And web shooters slide over angled arms of the base. Pretty cool. Somebody's going to get this and mod them to, to shoot some water or some foam or something. You just know it. <laughs> you just know it and I can't wait for that to happen um, I think don't they still sell those web shooters that have the big foam can uh, the just silly string canisters on them I feel like they, they probably do because those are the only other ones of similar note I don't know anyway um, Tom Hardy's Venom got a spider named after him um, a new species of spider, excuse me, according to um, this uh, this article from IGN. Uh, let's see, the authors, uh, authors of a new study published in the journal Evolutionary Systematics explained that the conspicuous black markings of the spider's thorax reminded them, blah, 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 uh, reminded them of the patterns visible on Venom's head after it merges with Eddie Brock, who is played by Tom Hardy in the movie. I mean, of course, the, the Venom existed as a <laughs> as a comic book character before Tommy Hardy, but you know, we needed to go through all of that. Um, so yeah, it's a newly identified species of Australian spider that has been named venomous Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Hmm. There we go. After scientists spotted markings that, like I just said, so again, venom was a character before Tom Hardy got to him, but nevertheless, that's interesting. Nonetheless, Next up, Marvel Beta Ray Bill and King Daredevil Funko Pop PX exclusives have dropped. So they are on sale now. These are through previews exclusives. So um, actually, Beta Ray Bill, you can pre-order at Entertainment Earth. And King Daredevil, you can pre-order at Entertainment Earth. But they are, like I said, available now. And they're based on recent appearances. 
the beta rate bill is based off of um, the 2021 uh, series costume, and the King Daredevil obviously is from the most recent Zdrowski run. Mm-hmm. So cool. I just saw an article on the side that's 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 probably going to show up next week. That's going to be fun. Um, hey, guess what, folks? You like Star Wars? You like Legos? Here's the first look at the um, the Republic uh, attack cruiser, the Venator class of Republic attack cruiser, um, built in Legos. So yeah, Clone War era um, Republic ship. You can see the the picture right there of it, all done in. in done and done up how many pieces because that's the only other thing i kind of am curious about in this five thousand three hundred and seventy four pieces and for some strange reason i'm thinking of rent which i've never seen but i know that i keep hearing that song every now and then um october 1st is when it's going to be released uh exclusively at lego.com and lego stores so lego maniacs have at it next up what are you thinking about rent again the 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 that one song from oh, wait wait no, no, no oh, wait wait oh, wait because wait, wait, now I'm gonna look at this article and realize exactly what you mean you talking about the piece count yes oh, okay never mind yeah no, all right next up <laughs> lower decks figures are beaming down to Mondo for Star Trek Day wait this is older news so um, yeah kinda but all right so just in time for um. Uh, Lower Decks fourth season premiere last week, Mondo has a new exclusive set of Lower Decks figures from X06. New figurines of Brad Boimler, mm-hmm. Beckett Mariner, and Badgie can be pre-ordered. Uh, you know, I don't know. You can still pre-order them now. Well, I mean, they're out there. You can probably order them. I mean, it's only like what? This is only like a week or two, a week old. Okay, just checking. Because yeah, sometimes not... those pre-orders have limits on them. So yeah, they do. But you, I, you know. Actually, let's check. Boing. Um, oh, I, for some strange reason, I thought it was going to be the, a link direct to it, and it's not. So we're not going to do that. Um, I'll check it out. You go on. You move forward. But I'll, 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 fo- I'll follow up on this, folks. Okay. Sounds like a plan. But yeah, hey, Lower Deckers, like uh, our, our friend um, uh, uh, Matt Wang, might be interested in this. <laughs> um... Hasbro confirms PulseCon exclusive for G.I. Joe, Marvel, Star Wars, and Transformers. So, um, yes, you will be hearing about this in the next couple of weeks, folks. But uh, Hasbro's PulseCon 2023 will be taking place on online September 22nd with over 30 new product reveals. And, um, wait. Oh, I was about to say, they did that already. Uh, Alongside the launch of Hasbro Selfie Series 2.0, it's going to start at 8 p.m. Pacific, Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, and end at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, at which Hasbro Pulse members will have the first crack at online exclusives uh, per, per, you know, the, the last time this happened last few times this has happened um but yeah uh it says here that it looks like uh let's see the the crimson wait the crimson twins and baroness uh apparently is an exclusive so i guess wait did the baroness join the crimson twins when did that happen <laughs> says gi joe feature the, the crimson uh, strike team with red repaints of Baroness, Tomax, and Zaymot. 
um, uh, let's see, there is uh, Detroit Steel, which I think we talked about previously. Um, um, Star Wars Force Unleashed character, uh, uh, the Starkiller, I believe. I can't remember what name if that's the name they went by. Um, Transformers Amada. Uh, character and I'm just gonna hey I like that baroness though I'm scrolling through the pictures you can see them there but yeah that looks like the exclusives that this article has so cool um, yeah, but yeah, uh, September 22nd is, is when Hasbro PulseCon, I'm sure, depending on where that lies within, uh, in relation to our show, which looks like to be the day after our show, uh, we'll be talking about, uh, what comes out of there the week after that. Next up. Alrighty. They are still available folks at eh, Mondo. Kind of figured. Alrighty. Next up. Uh, we have some in-hand images of the Transformer Studio Series Commander Class Ultra Magnus. So, uh, you know, you can check out this website and see the transformation sequence from alt mode to robot. So, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. Guess what, folks? He's another truck. He's just a bigger truck than Optimus. So <laughs> cool. But... He's not necessarily a bigger truck. Well, I mean, as a whole, I'm not... I'm, right, you know, right, I'm not, right, right, right. He's hauling a lot more stuff. And actually, technically, he is a little bit taller than Optimus, but yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, figures that we have uh, pictures of and video of, um, G.I. Joe Classified Series Snake Eyes action figure with classic package art from Hasbro. Uh, this next article has uh, pictures and video of uh, said packaging and said figure. Uh, of which you can see the the um, you know the um, the thumbnail for in the in the video version if you're watching. Uh, oh, that see. brings back really great memories of having that first edition Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. It's a good looking figure. Um, let's see, figure is exclusively from Hasbro Pulse and Walmart in the states. So, like I said, you can go through. You can uh, kind of go through the uh, pictures and or video at your leisure next up all right gi joe is set to return to comics this year as part of scout as a part of skybound entertainment's new energon universe continuity with two books by writer joshua williamson in an interview appearing on the skybound website the scribe gave readers more insight into the upcoming series detailing how he approached writing classic joe characters okay yeah, he's doing Duke, uh, Duke and Cobra Commander uh, miniseries, both of those. And I think at some point the uh, the ongoing Judge Joe is going to happen. I think next year, right? Probably with Larry Hama. No, no, no. Larry Hama's is a separate one. He's he's still continuing oh, okay. to do uh, Real American Hero. Yeah, he's going to uh, he's going to be at there doing Real American Hero and continue what he's been doing. But no, they're going right. to have another Judge Joe series, which is. Which right. is this is going which to be is, into? Which has been the tradition recently, right? Which is to let Larry Harmon kind of continue his direction, but to make something that's a little bit more new reader friendly, right? But yeah, this is going to kind of be a Judge a, a reboot. This this newer thing, and I can't remember who's writing that because uh, I think they they did say the uh, creative team of that already. So, 
nevertheless, yeah, so that's stuff. Um, that's the stuff. Uh, I keep wanting to, to catch up on Real American Hero, but I kind of also want to go back to the old Marvel stuff and kind of go through that, and I realize that's a whole, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, I was about to say, I, when I stopped reading that, I was kind of like, well, I, I've kind of aged out of G.I. Joe. Right. And I hadn't yet gone back as a comic book fan right. to read, as opposed to being a G.I. Joe fan. Right. And I you remember, know? I kind of remember when For I me, those are kind of two different, I hate to say this as kind of two different things. No, that's fair. Yeah, you know, I two different it. aspects of my fandom, so... But hey, uh, now they can come together. Right. So it's interesting to think about going back and reading the entire thing. Like, you know, I'm, I know that there are omnibus editions of that out. Mm-hmm. And I could probably pick one up and, you know, thumb through the parts that I know the best. Thumb, through, you know, read the parts that I probably only read as, like, recaps in the annuals. You know, the yearbooks? Right. So. I was just reading this... this <laughs> Go after that. Right. Um, all right. Let me look at that. Williams's Duke series is a paranoid espionage thriller, according to uh, a subheading in this, in this article. I'm like, I'm not sure how to feel about that, but sure. Okay. <laughs> Wait, considering that Larry Hama's original Marvel G.I. Joe comic uh, started as a failed pitch for a Nick Fury Jr. series? Yes. I, I did not know that. I thought we had an article that talked about that. Mm, I don't remember if we did. I, I distinctly remember we had a discussion about that. Yeah. I might be remembering this, though, because that might be something I read on my own. Right. So, But, yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of skimming through the, this article, and it was like, oh, that's a thing. But moving right along, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles creator. Spoilers! Explained- I know this book is old-ish. Oh ish yeah there we go um yeah. yeah basically uh kevin eastman explains why my the last ronin is who the last ronin is and that uh sorry folks spoiler but uh it's michelangelo he was the last one <laughs> he was the, he is the last ronin uh and this article goes into why eastman uh picked that he basically said hey it could that was the only that was the only choice there was no second choice um, and but he kind of elaborates on that during the course of this. So during the course of this article, um, I can't afford to sue DC. That's interesting. Anyway, next up uh, and lastly, and last up, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Daredevil crossover quote will happen unquote from Kevin Eastman. This is an exclusive to ComicBook.com. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles we all know probably do not exist without Marvel's Daredevil. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the co-creators of the Turtles, have been open in the past about how their work on the original Turtles was influenced by Frank Miller's work on Daredevil. And the signs are obviously there. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Speaking with comicbook.com to promote the digital release of the, T- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie, uh, Eastman had this to say on a TMNT Daredevil crossover. It happens in his mind a lot and often. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, it makes he has a story. Yeah, you know, he has a story and he has ideas. And one time he would like that opportunity to do it. Um Okay, so he says it's like a bucket list thing. 
Right. Again, like I was about to say, it makes total sense if you know the origins of both of those characters or both, both sets right. of those characters. Like, right. I can see where one kind of ended up with the other, honestly. Mm-hmm. If that's where he was going with it. So, I actually never really thought about it. I, mean, I can't remember if I've actually heard this, this, this tidbit before. I probably have, but just don't forget. But, yeah, like I said, it makes total sense. I kinda, I'm kind of curious to see uh, see this happen. I'm hoping it does. At some point, they've crossed over with every other body else. There ain't too many other uh, um, places left. <laughs> they haven't done dozens of dragons, and they haven't done minor little one. They probably did do that minor little pony. Who knew, even knows at this point? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it, folks. That's it for the news. Uh, let's get one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night. When we've been at this for a while, it's late. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, Marvel Legends, or a new volleyball. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. If you shop at Amazon often, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN each time you order. We thank you for your support. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. I I was going to ask you about that earlier because I'm like, Agent 7 is getting closer and closer to his Haikyuu cosplay, and it all makes sense if you've been paying attention to the show. Folks, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> and with that, folks, I would like to thank each and every one of you all for, for coming out to this here podcast. Uh, whether you did it uh, live or later in video or audio form, we appreciate you very much um, for, for checking us out. Uh, I have been Rodicad. You can find me at Rodicad on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, PC underscore dirt on Twitter, popcorn.net on Twitter, popcorn.network.com is all the umbrella sites there in. And Tim DOGG98 on Twitter, uh, 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 CB Cron on Twitter, The Click Nation on Twitter, that's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word, The Click Nation.com. And most importantly, and, uh, and uh, uh, singularly, He's over there writing at uh, comicbook.com under Timothy Adams, writing his face off. Um, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast proposal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the best five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts because that helps people find our show. Indubitably. And you can find us uh, recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish, most Thursday nights, excuse me, every <laughs> on 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on the Coastal Podcast Networks, uh, excuse me, on um, bah, 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 the YouTube channel of uh, the Comic Book Chronicles, which is uh, uh, youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. 
make sure to hit like, subscribe, and, uh, you know, leave us all good reviews. Hit the notification button. I was going to say Comic Book Chronicles kind of could use its own YouTube channel, but, you know, I figure like we have pretty much taken over the, the Click Nation at this point, and it'd be a whole lot to move over, even if we, if, if we could. Yep. Unless we're, unless I talked to Tim and he wants to do something, but I doubt if he would. So, with that, folks, that's just me talking out loud. I'm not saying none of that's going to happen. Um, folks, we're going to get out of here. It's late. Uh, we shall talk to you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. This has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One.